What difference does it make to the dead, the orphans, and the homeless whether the mad destruction is wrought under the name of totalitarianism or in the holy name of liberty or democracy? Mahatma Gandhi. Nationalism is an infantile thing. It is the measles of mankind. Albert Einstein. The liberty of a democracy is not safe if the people tolerated the growth of private power to a point where it becomes stronger than the democratic state itself. That in its essence is fascism, ownership of government by an individual, by a group or any controlling private power. Franklin D. Roosevelt The strategic adversary is fascism. The fascism in us all, in our heads and in our everyday behavior. The fascism that causes us to love power, the desire, the very thing that dominates and exploits us. Michel Foucault Hello, welcome to Forking Opinions. And in this episode, I would love to talk about this right-wing turn that our world is witnessing and more importantly i'd like to talk about the indian elections the world has taken a peculiar turn maybe as a result of collective ignorance or it's just exacerbated by internet social media and what i see as a collective pessimism about the future American election of Trump and Brexit further helped this politics of nationalism, skepticism about globalism and general mistrust of lax borders and immigration policies. Some of fascism which was fought by the West in world wars and has been countered on several other occasions were renewed in the form of kind of this capitalistic disguise. Trump, Modi, Erdogan, Putin, Bolsonaro, Xi Jinping, Duterte are just some of these strong men, nationalist leaders who rules with an idea and might of majoritarianism. I would like to talk about the ongoing Indian elections for a bit. Modi, the current Prime Minister, and maybe he will be our Prime Minister again according to all the national news exit polls. But looking at what happened in Australia, where all the polls and predictions proved to be wrong, and we saw Scott Morrison's win in the federal elections over the expected left-leaning Labour Party. Now, Indian elections are the largest democratic elections observed in the world, with over 900 million eligible voters who will inev- invariably elect 
543 members of parliament to represent their voices in the lower house of the parliament known as the Lok Sabha. Though there are many regional parties in India, but the two big guns are BJP, Bharatiya Janta Party, and INC, Indian National Congress. BJP had swept the 2014 elections, and what was seen there was this Modi wave. The opposition has been dwindling ever since, and to counter Modi has been really difficult for them, despite him proving to be rather inefficient as a leader than his camping touted him to be. Indian politics has always been marred with religious sentiments, caste, arithmetics, and corruption scandals. But this time, India faces a direct threat to its democracy and its democratic institutions. India is one of those exceptional cases in South Asia that has a thriving democracy and pluralistic view on things. Modi is a self-renowned, ardent Hindu nationalist and many of his senior members of his BJP party and philosophical outliner RSS and even the youth wing of BJP, the ABVP, are hardcore Hindu chauvinists. India and Indians are witnessing the rise of this new creeping right-wing nationalistic majoritarian ideology, which is doubling down on dissent, free speech, and worse, constitutional democracy. Many members of the BJP have shown their disdain for our constitution. Modi, though being a clever leader, is always politically neutral, never engaging in any form of direct hate speech or any form of radical ideological narrative that his party peddles out. But he never disavows what the members of his party preach and even worse are engaged in. A chief minister of one of his mo- one of the most popular state of India is a known Hindu chauvinist who harbors anti-Muslim sentiments and perpetuates violence against minorities. Another thing, the propagation of pseudo science by Modi himself and various other members of his party is shocking and somehow comparable to Trump when he speaks about things that doesn't or aren't backed by any any form of facts or rationality or logic. Like Fox News in America, that is extremely notorious for its right-wing leanings. We witness the U-turn of many Indian national outlets and news channels and anchors as these Modi fanboys who never questions the government, their policies and all they interview 
seems like either a Modi singer song or are so laughable because you see questions that just borders on his personal schedule, his whims, likings, how brave he is, how saint-like this man is over any legitimate questions regarding the work that has been done in his tenure. Modi and his government checks all the boxes for modern fascism, which is somehow result of this hyper-capitalistic world perpetuated by internet and social media. It's known how he favors some business tycoons, how he and his party controls media narrative, how they support fringe elements of the society, and how they undermine democratic institutions. And like many modern fascists, he has created this big boss type persona where he is India's knight in shining armor. Wherever you see, you can see him in his trademark. What was known as Nehru jacket is known as the Modi jacket. And the stories of his bravery and his saint-like demeanor. Anyways, the BJP right-wing machinery, like any good old fascist ideology, dislike academia, liberals, logic, rationality, minority right, hate speech, LGBTQ rights, and many other things. Sadly, many celebrities and media personalities, like the opportunists they are, have decided to cozy up with the regime. The BJP machinery have seen the rise of these troll farms trying to curb any online dissent, independent journalism, and calls liberals, women, minorities, anyone that dare to oppose them with unspeakable names. Now, people might say that if not Modi, then whom? What kind of question is that? It's a democracy. And when you create an environment where you think one leader is the supreme strong man and no other can take his position, then you have effectively created. Then not created, sorry. Then you have effectively destroyed the heart and soul of this pluralistic constitutional democracy that many freedom fighters and our nation's father, Gandhiji, envisioned. The majority Hindu public that amounts to 80% of the population has somehow been convinced that they are in danger because of these minorities. And that's what's funny, that these right-wing nationalistic ideologies that's been there in America and now we can see their resurgence in Europe as well, Brazil and Turkey, Philippines have this narrative that the majority are the victims and they are being victimized because of the appeasement for minorities. Muslims and other minorities in India are being demonized, which is evident by the horrific instances of mob lynchings. Apart from this Hindutva narrative of a secular India, 
sorry apart from this hindutva narrative over a secular india we also witnessed economic policies that had catastrophic consequences such as demonetization which saw banning of 500 and 1000 rupee notes overnight and it was badly implemented and as and in hindsight we didn't or we never really see why it was done and there was no positive result to back it up the world sees the surgence of right wing nationalism perpetuated by capitalism that means government and corporate control public opinions and how they consume products this indian election suggests that modi will come back to power all the exit poll that are mostly being conducted by these national news entities suggest that but exit poll have time and time again been wrong but to be honest as you check the pulse of the nation i think he he will come back to power somehow people can't really see what they are voting into this time he and his party will surely go even further to create an india that we never really envisioned a monoculture authoritarian hindu regime which will be a mirror image of our neighbor that we criticize heavily pakistan a muslim authoritarian state that seems democratic on the surface Th- do we really want to become like that do we really want to make india that has just a hindu identity over a pluralistic image where we celebrate all religion and culture we always say that we are better than pakistan because we have democracy and our country is based on plurality of religion but now we are in this uncharted waters where this this right wing capitalistic regime can turn into a full blown fascist regime and that's scary that's scary for writers thinkers professors and anyone who dare say anything against the supreme leader well if congress and other parties in india were corrupt then i'll still say bjp is far worse because it's morally corrupt and they try to see people as these one dimensional religious fanatics who doesn't care about free speech and plural values of our secular nation i think i'm going to end my rant here thank you for joining us and listening to this podcast and if you think that i make any sense and i made some good points then please do subscribe to this podcast on itunes you can follow our podcast on fuckingopinions.squarespace.com and we are also on youtube by the same name so thank you for tuning in hopefully see you in the next episode